turn to 2 Corinthians 12, 9. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. And that says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. His gra- this morning, I want to entitle the sermon... His grace is sufficient for the real me. His grace is sufficient for the real me. His grace is sufficient for me when I don't feel qualified to stand up here behind this podium. His grace is sufficient for the mom who doesn't think she's being the mom she should be for her kids. His grace is sufficient for all the nurses right now. I've heard a story of a nurse that had to stand at a bedside of a man that was dying alone. And his family had to FaceTime in and be there with him. And I mean, our nurses are incredible. It's Nurse Appreciation Week. So we love you today and we honor you. And thank you so much for everything you do for your patients and for our community. And even the sacrifices that you make with your family. We love you. We see you and we appreciate you. His grace is sufficient for teachers that are constantly making a difference in our children's lives. His grace is sufficient for you. His grace is sufficient for the woman trying to get pregnant and can't. And the woman who has suffered the emotional and physical trauma of miscarriage. His grace is sufficient for you. His grace is sufficient for the family who has lost their mother. His grace is sufficient for elderly patients in nursing homes right now who can't leave their rooms. His grace is sufficient for the single ladies. And all the single ladies at home, you just need to stand up and do a dance party. All the single ladies, all the single ladies. We love you today and you are more than enough right where you're at. You don't need a man to complete you. You have the man that completes you. Amen. His grace is sufficient for you, single mom. His grace is sufficient for you. His grace is sufficient for the empty nesters. Come on, give us a shout out, all you pickleballers. I've heard that pickleball is the thing to do for all our empty nesters, and I love it. But moms whose kids are going off to college or getting married or moving out, and up to this point, your identity has been wrapped heavily in being a mom to those kids, and now they're gone. His grace is sufficient for you in this season. His grace is sufficient for you going off to college for the first time. His grace is sufficient for you. We will throw, we'll throw one out there for the men. God's grace is sufficient for you in whatever season you find yourself in today. And we love you men We are behind you 100%. We are not out here like, ooh, this is me, hear me roar, she, whatever, whatever those sayings are. But we know that we need you in our lives, and we thank you so much for your support for us. Amen. But let's say at home, why don't you go ahead and say right in your living room, his grace is sufficient for the real me. His grace is sufficient for the real me. Let's pray this morning. Father, we just thank you so much for what you're doing in our hearts, in our lives. I pray that you would take your word this morning and ingrain it in our hearts, God. I pray that we would not forget your word. Father, we either need to tweet about it, but we also need to hide it in our heart, Father God. 
Lord, we love you this morning, God, so much. We thank you for your presence that's coming in our homes. I pray for a cloud of your presence and your glory in each home this morning that's watching, Father God. Lord, that you would bless our mothers today, that you would bless every woman in whatever walk of life, Father. We especially pray for them today, God, that you would bless them. Give them a special touch from heaven today. Let them feel your peace and your joy in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you're with your mom this morning in your living room, just go jump on her real quick. Give her a hug. Tell her you love her. Tell her how much you appreciate her. So we are living in a time where if we don't like the way we look, we can change it. If we don't like the wrinkles in our forehead, we can just get some Botox in there. Uh, if we don't like the way our hair looks, we can dye it. We can make it curly if it's straight. We can make it straight if it's curly. Um, I remember my sister accidentally dyeing her hair red and it took the lady four hours to fix it. But <laughs> come on, we can do anything. Well, one time I got invited to go to the beach. This was a couple years ago with some 20-year-olds. Hello. I am 41 right now, I think. Robbie said he was 42 a couple weeks ago, and he's only 41. But anyway, we'll forgive him. But I got invited to go to the beach with a bunch of 20-year-olds, and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, like, I'm 41. I've had four children. I've also had a hip surgery, and it's not, like, fared too well with me. Anyway, so I'm going out like, oh, my gosh, what can I do to fit in with these 20-year-olds? Like, I need some self-tanner. But in order to use the self-tanner, you got to first use a scrub so it stays on. And then after you do the self-tanner, you got to put some lotion on yourself so you don't look ashy. And so that self-tanner stays in there. I mean, there are a thousand and one things I thought I need to do. And I was talking to my sister one day on the phone, Melanie, and she said, Monica, do you want them to like you for who you really are? Or do you want them to like this person that's up here that you're trying to be? And I'm like, you're right. You are so right. Anyway, I ended up going, had a fabulous time, made some new friends. It was awesome for me. But the point is, if we don't like the way we look right now, we try to change it. We have a million and one filters on Instagram. I've heard that there's some people even using it to to make their waist look tiny and their hips look bigger. And I'm like, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> I mean, whitening your teeth. You can whiten your teeth. You can put lipstick. You can put a full face of makeup on, for crying out loud, if you have no makeup on, which most of, most of us don't right now during the pandemic time. But I believe one of the most vital parts of being a healthy woman, whether you're single, you're married, you're married with children, you're an empty nester, you're a career woman, or you're a stay-at-home wife or mother, you're a college student, you're a young person. The key to being healthy is authenticity. God wants us to be real. He desires for us to be authentic. I want you to write this down, and I want you to really just think about this this week. God cannot bless who I pretend to be. He can only bless the real me. Amen. Somebody say that again at home. God can't bless who I pretend to be. He can only bless the real me. When I was younger, there were times I went through, and even now as a pastor's wife, sometimes you feel like you have to be perfect, like you have to be everything to everybody. You have to never make a mistake, and if you did, you surely cannot talk about it. 
Um, there's been times where, as a young person, you know, I felt like, oh gosh, all these older women are like, get your act together. Like, if you're listening to the Word on Sunday and you're praying for three hours a day, you should have your life together. And um, I just remember having those feelings. And they're not right. I mean, they're not, it's not like somebody did that to me. It's just how I felt. But in today's church, I love it that people are longing for authenticity. And I love it because God loves authenticity. Amen. If you read about Naaman, um, the Bible talks about Naaman in 2 Kings 5, 1 through 6. I'm not going to read it all. But you'll see that on the outside, Naaman was a valiant man. He kind of makes me think of Mel Gibson in Braveheart or... Thor. I just threw that one in there for my husband. But um, he was a valiant warrior. He had just won a huge battle. He was highly regarded among men. Um, People just thought this guy was like God walking on earth pretty much. But Naaman had something hidden that people didn't know about, that people didn't know that he had leprosy. And to spare all the children or little ears watching today, I won't explain all that goes along with leprosy. But basically, you could tell from a mile away if someone had leprosy. It really affected their physical appearance. It was a horrible disease. Um, You can look it up if you're interested. But it was just very bad. Take it from me. But hiding who you really are can be exhausting. And I believe this morning that God wants to heal those parts in our hearts that are broken and hurting, and we've tried to cover. Let's talk about three things this morning. Let's talk about what healing requires. What does healing require? Number one, healing requires being honest with myself. Being honest with myself. Naaman had to face the fact that he was sick. He didn't want to tell anybody, and he didn't, he didn't want to accept it, but he had to face the fact that he was sick. And I heard this quoted one time, and I cannot remember who said it. It was probably Dr. Caroline Leaf or someone like that. But the same signals that go off in your brain when you hurt your leg are the same signals that go off when you break your heart. Emotional pain processes the same way physical pain does. You can't go through a divorce and not have emotional pain. You can't go through a miscarriage and not have emotional pain. You can't lose a job. Some of you have lost a job during the pandemic. You can't go through those times and not experience some sort of pain. Number two, you have to be honest with someone else. Naaman finally told his master and his inner circle that he needed help in 2 Kings 5.4. So let's be a church where people can be authentic. Sometimes that can be messy. That's not always pretty. (laughs) But also maybe someone has broke your trust in the past and it's time for you to really trust again. Let's challenge ourselves to be trustworthy. Let's make our friend's name safe in our mouth. We all need friends who will tell us what God says about us and not what the enemy says about us. Amen. The enemy runs when you tell someone else. Do you know why? Because you finally have a partner in crime. You have somebody that's going to stand beside you, that's going to walk beside you, that's going to pray for you. And the enemy runs when that happens. You have someone that's going to champion you, a friend now that's checking up on you, that's praying for you. Amen. They're going to speak hope. They're going to speak healing over you. 
Um, I just want to say something too. Being vulnerable on Facebook is not true vulnerability. Sometimes it's just seeking validation. And validation is really seeking likes. Vulnerability really takes courage. For you to take the mask off and be real with someone real takes courage. Number three, honesty with God. Naaman went to the man of God, it says in 2 Kings 5.11, and then in verse 14, he was healed. Naaman would have never been healed if he had stayed in Aram and kept covering up his issue. He could not stay where he was. In 2 Corinthians 3, chapter 3, Paul was talking about when Moses ascended to the top of Mount Sinai and he received the Ten Commandments and his face was glowing. And all the women are like, give me the glow. Give us all the glow right now. <laughs> but then Moses put a veil on, but he didn't protect it. He didn't put the veil on to protect people from seeing it. He put the veil on his face to protect himself from the people seeing that the glory was fading away. Paul was showing the Corinthians how awesome the new covenant was from the old covenant. And in verse 13, we are not like Moses who put the veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. The veil was covering their eyes from seeing the truth of who Christ is in the new covenant. In verse 16, it says, but whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with everlasting glory, which comes from the Lord who is the spirit. A veil that covers the face will eventually cover the heart. Write that down. A veil that covers your face or my face will eventually cover my heart. Come on, we all know what our sin nature is. Our sin nature tells us to hide or to filter our lives. We can see that in Adam and Eve. They sinned and so they hid. We all do this, but only Jesus can take that veil away. So be real with him. He understands where you're at, and he wants to heal and deliver you from whatever is causing guilt and condemnation. How many know that Jesus is not the giver of guilt, condemnation, and shame? Jesus wants you to have forgiveness, peace, and everlasting joy. He wants you to live a life of joy full of peace and full of forgiveness. I heard T.D. Jake say this one time, and I'll never forget it. It just really stuck out in my mind. He said, when you buy a piece of clothing that is real, like a genuine suede coat, um, you will see blemishes on it. You'll see a light brown suede coat, and it'll have dark spots on it somewhere, and you'll think something's wrong with it. But it will also have a tag that says something like this, do not be concerned about blemishes on this garment. It is those blemishes that prove the garment is authentic. Anything that is real, you know it's real because it's not perfect. Amen. So talk to God this morning. I want to encourage you, be honest with him about what's in your heart. You know, some of us will be set free just by saying it like, holy cow, I didn't realize what all I was bottling up. But amen, his grace is waiting to come into your home. His grace is waiting to bring peace. It's waiting to bring joy and hope into your home. His grace is also waiting to redeem the time that the enemy stole from you. 
I love the song that we sing. You turn mourning to dancing. You give beauty for ashes. You turn shame into glory. You're the only one who can. Isn't that an incredible song? If you will, will you join, home, join hands with me at home today? Um, and just say to yourself, I am enough because you are enough. And God's grace is sufficient for you in this time, in this season, today, and every day. I'm looking forward to hearing about testimonies about what God does in your life when you finally become real with yourself, real with someone else, and real with God. Amen. Let's bow our heads this morning. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for your presence that we feel even now. God, I pray that you would come into our homes and saturate us with your love, with your healing. God, we pray that you are breaking off the bondages of people today. God, let them know, speak to their hearts that they are enough. Father, they're enough right where they are, God. And I pray you would minister to them. God, give mothers strength. Give them strength, Father, when they're raising little babies. Give us, give us mental strength, Father, when we're ra- raising teenagers and, and doing all that is, comes along with raising older kids, Father God. Lord, give the single ladies peace. Give them comfort, Father God. Lord, let them know that they're not alone, Father God. Lord, be with the elderly people that don't want to admit they're elderly, God, this morning. We love them so much. Be with them, Father. Guard their hearts and their minds, Father God. Lord, let peace and your joy reign in their homes. God, when otherwise it should be a sad time, I pray that your joy would infiltrate our homes today, Father God. We give you our hearts. We give you our lives, Lord. We surrender to your will and to your way this morning. Father, we love you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Everyone say amen. Amen. We love you this morning. We hope you have a fantastic Mother's Day and that you celebrate all the women in your life today. Amen. Love you guys.